The Gospel writer Luke was inspired by God's Holy Spirit to compile for us a very thoroughly researched, very orderly account of the life of Jesus, leading up in Luke chapter 23 to a very detailed accounting of Jesus' death by crucifixion. So it was that Luke uniquely recorded powerful statements that Jesus made from the cross for us, like in Luke 23 and verse 34, where he captures Jesus saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Or a little bit later in Luke chapter 23 and verse 46, when Jesus called out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Him quoting there from Psalm 31 and what would be some of his final words before he breathed his last. And when we see these amazing, powerful examples of Jesus showing mercy, of offering forgiveness to the very people who were killing him without remorse, it can be challenging for us because we recognize that's not usually the way we as people handle our pain. Even pain of much less severity to the pain Jesus was subjected to and the brutality and the humiliation and anguish of the cross. And I think sometimes it can be tempting for us to see Jesus do things like this and say, oh, well, but that's Jesus. He was perfect. There's no way you or I could do that. There's no way God would expect you or I to show that kind of mercy, that kind of forgiveness as Jesus did. But if we're inclined to think that way, it's important that we let the teaching of Jesus's apostles challenge and convict us. Because one of those apostles, the apostle Peter, said through his teaching, as he was inspired to write in the New Testament letter, 1 Peter chapter 2, that it is in that very suffering on the cross that Jesus leaves us an example, that we should follow his steps when we see the mercy and the kindness, the self-control and the submission that Jesus demonstrated as he suffered. That is, in fact, meant to be one of the prime examples that we as his followers adhere to, that in our hardest, most painful moments, those are actually the time where it matters most that we follow the example of Jesus. And as the apostles of Jesus preached and taught these things, it's important for us to recognize that Jesus's earliest followers had no misconceptions. That whenever the apostles would preach about Jesus saying things like this while on the cross, their earliest audiences recognized that that meant they were supposed to do the same. In fact, you may or may not realize, but Luke actually wrote a sequel to his gospel account, the book of Acts, capturing the 30 or so years after Jesus's resurrection and ascension into heaven to then show how the Holy Spirit worked through those hand-picked apostles and a large growing community of Jesus's earliest followers to see to it that that gospel did spread throughout all the world. And so it is that in Acts chapter 7, we encounter one of those earliest followers of Jesus, 
a disciple by the name of Stephen. Somebody who served in the church there in the city of Jerusalem in the months after Jesus' resurrection in a capacity much like we would view our deacons today. Somebody who was a powerful and persuasive preacher and teacher. Somebody who was full of God's Holy Spirit and very wise and well-respected who found himself before the very same council that condemned Jesus to this death by crucifixion. Who found himself suffering much like Jesus did and who responded to that pain in a way identical to how Luke recorded Jesus's own response to his crucifixion. In Acts chapter 7, beginning with verse 54, we read the following from this sequel that was given to us. Now when they, this is the Jewish council, heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That's poetic, biblical language for saying, Stephen died. Here was a follower of Jesus, beloved in the community, well-respected for his compassion and benevolence, for his good reputation, his wisdom, his powerful teaching and preaching. And he died by having the foremost religious authorities in his communities, in a rage, throw rocks at him until he was literally battered to death. Yet as this everyday follower of Jesus, someone seeking to be his disciple, just like you or I, was being killed by having rocks hurled at him, did you hear what he said? Did you hear how he said, Lord Jesus, into your hands I commit my spirit? So similar to how Jesus himself quoted Psalm 31. Did you hear how he asked the Lord not to lay this sin to their account, not to hold it against them, just like Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen, while he was dying, forgave like Jesus. He clearly didn't think that all those times he'd heard Jesus' apostles preaching and teaching about Jesus, about who he is, about how we are to be his disciples, about how he fulfilled the whole of Scripture. Stephen clearly was under no misconception that somehow that's just meant to say Jesus is great, but you don't need to do anything like that. That's much too hard for you. He clearly understood the assignment. 
that if that is how Jesus embodied all of those teachings of forgiveness from the Hebrew scriptures, if that's how Jesus embodied all of his own teachings about forgiveness, the parables he taught and the sermons that he gave, if Jesus showed that sort of forgiveness in his worst moment, then we, as his followers, should seek to do the same. It's not easy. In fact, what we see here is incredibly challenging. But that doesn't mean that we get out of doing it. That means that we must focus on doing it. That means we must prepare ourselves to do it, to recognize that part of where Jesus is leading us as Christians is to a place where we are so focused on him, where we are so full of his Holy Spirit that in our worst moments, we're prepared to forgive like Jesus did too. If we accept that assignment, if we recognize that as what God is calling us to, then like he did with Stephen, he will work with us. He will be present with us and he will help us so that in our worst, most painful situations, we can